Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! Hi, I'm Gabe. I'm Jamie. I'm Kelly. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Yay. Valentine's. Happy Hallmark created holiday. I don't know anybody who likes this holiday. I, I mean, couples are like, eh, whatever. And honestly, single people feel bad. Honestly, if you are not willing to be rigged across hot coals, you don't get to celebrate Valentine's Day. <laughs> that sounds fair. It's a historical reference. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I figured it was. <laughs> You know, I, I had to teach a uh, religion class to my, my Cub Scouts. Um, You're very qualified to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so he might be more qualified than a lot of other people. It, 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 was, it was interesting. Um, but, you know, I taught him kind of, here's what all the different faiths are, and this is what all the different people believe. And then the next time was, these are all the holidays. And so we, uh, you know, learned about how there was a Saint Valentine. And Did you teach them about Beltane? <laughs> no, we did not go that far. <laughs> Bummer. <coughs> Next year. It was St. Patrick was a guy, and St. Nicholas was a guy, and St. Valentine was a guy, and this is what Maundy Thursday is and all of that. St. So. St. Bunny for Easter? No. <laughs> 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 it was interesting. So happy happy Valentine's Day for the like one person out there who enjoys this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Horrific holiday. It's not horrific. It's just stupid. Happy pre fifty percent off candy day. There Woo-hoo. you go. That we can celebrate. And this office will. Yes. <laughs> Expect the candy jar to be filled tomorrow. Yes. Uh, okay. No more peeps. <laughs> no, no more peeps. There, there's a limit on some things. Um, so, Jamie, what did we do yesterday? <sighs> We for the we should have really counted this, probably at least twentieth time. Oh yeah, sat through another hearing on the six week ban. Always on Valentine's Day or right around it. Actually, it was the method ban last year. Last year because oh. I had Cinepil. Yeah, it was Cinepil one forty five last year that popped yeah. up as my memory. Um, but um, yeah, so we sat through yet another horrific set of lies and ridiculousness. And uh, bad allegories. Bad allegories right. and entitlement. I think, I think that's the main theme that ran through Senator Christina Rogner, who, if you've been following along, used to be a House member and has now moved into the Senate from Hudson, right. Ohio. Um <laughs> Yeah, so um, she, she her, her testimony was <clears throat> long, long. Interesting. Interesting. There was something new in it, though, so I'll take that. But, yeah, I mean, she just kind of went through a rambling set of it's not your body, it's not your right, we need to protect the babies. My friend got pregnant from an affair and I thought I was going to get her baby and then she decided to keep her baby and that made me really sad because I thought that was going to be my baby. Hashtag entitlement. That that was a weird... That was a very weird story. Because that made me the most uncomfortable. Yeah, it's like, what I'm really, getting from this is you feel entitled to that woman's pregnancy. Yes. <laughs> right. 
so, I mean, she was sharing it as like, this was her special story, even though it was this other woman's story. story. Yes. Um, this other woman's choice. Right. <laughs> the, so there was somebody who was a family friend, as you said, mm-hmm. pregnant through an affair. There was a religious layer to the story where she the people Mennonite. involved got excommunicated from their faith, which to me added a whole layer of unnecessary judgment that a person, you know, shouldn't have to go through when facing an unwanted pregnancy. Um, so, you know, I, I thought that that was odd and should be an example of how women shouldn't be judged by other people who aren't in their shoes mm-hmm. in this situation. Yeah, because throughout the whole thing, she actually made all three choices that they talk about continuously. She had made a decision to have an abortion until Christina Rogner convinced her not to and convinced her to give her her baby. So then she came and like lived. I couldn't tell if it was actually in her house or in the community because she was in Pennsylvania. So she moved to Ohio, at least closer to Rogner. And there's also no record of this because whoever the person was didn't want to have a government record of being on Medicaid, which I thought was a weird. Yeah. And didn't want the church to know. Didn't yeah. want the church to know. And yeah, so by the end of her pregnancy, she had disclosed all these things to her mother and then made the decision to parent the child that she was pregnant with. So then moved back to wherever I think Colorado eventually was in the story. She moved way far away and Christina's never heard from her again. And she was, that was going to be her. Like the entitlement to someone else's baby is what we see kind of continuously through this. Well, she could just continue to be pregnant for nine months and give her baby up to adoption to a good loving Christian home. And that's not how this works. I would never want any of these people to pregnant my child. <laughs> Parent your child. Yes. I'm tired. <laughs> Speaking of your child. Speaking you're of tired. my child. <laughs> the the other thought that I had was not about the specifics of these individuals, but how this is a theme that we're seeing in other parts of the country. Mm-hmm. This is almost identical to how we're hearing more and more stories of families that are separated at the border. Mm. Yeah. And then these children are like without the consent of the parents put into foster care and then adopted by American families. Mm -hmm. Right. What the hell? And it's too, too hard to reunite them. It's too much effort to reunite them at this point. You have abducted these children. You are human trafficking children to adopt them. The U S government is participating in in Mm -hmm. essentially human trafficking. And and that is the same sort of separate the child, you know, that should be my kid that that other person is giving birth to. They owe me that baby. Ugh, I hate it. And that was her reason mm-hmm. to ban abortion access. I, I, I don't that, follow it. Yeah, that's a jump yeah. right there. When it fed into Laner's closing comment, because God forbid that. Some particular senator stay quiet through the whole thing. <laughs> um, that she, um, that when she finally spoke up, she basically reiterated her floor speech from when it passed the Senate in December that every woman on the planet only has an abortion because she has no other choice, that no woman would ever make a choice to have an abortion out of her own free will. She was forced into it. And then that every single person who has an abortion regrets their decision to have one. Ma'am, 
that the first part of what you're talking about is called reproductive coercion and also frowned upon. Mm-hmm. Nobody, yeah. nobody is. I like to say that nobody is forced to have an abortion, at least in my like experience working with these people and mm-hmm. counseling. Like, if you are here because somebody is telling you to be here, I'm going to help you as in any any way I can mm-hmm. to get you right. out of there. Well, we actually had a case. God, how many years ago was it now? Where um, at Founders, where a woman was actually being forced at gunpoint to have an abortion. He stayed in the car in the parking lot and she went into the clinic and um, kind of whispered something to the like staff at the front desk. And they, instead of having her wait in the waiting room, got her back and separated. And she told the whole story and they called the police and the police came and arrested him and found the weapon. And they helped her get the care they needed. And we stayed in touch with her for quite a while until actually the baby was born. And she, you know, was able to carry out her decision to have that baby and parent that baby. And, you know, this is what happens when somebody walks into an abortion clinic and is forced to have an abortion. (laughs) The clinic takes action to make sure that she's not being forced and is, you know, taken care of and whoever's doing that is No one who works in a clinic is talking people into having an abortion. No. It's almost as if the the shared defining belief of the pro-choice movement is choice. Yes, <laughs> as it turns out. It was her, it was Christina Rogner's also point too. Like I'm, I'm actually going to have to watch her testimony and count how many times she said the word choice. We'll put a link in the show notes. Yes, because like <laughs> continuously through the whole thing, choice, 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 it's her choice, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it's just... It's her endorsed choice. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's not a choice anymore if you've taken away all the other choices the person has. It's your choice that Christina Regner chose for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. And it's the only choice, if no you matter do, what your situation is. If you do watch the testimony from Christina Regner, you can see some folks in the background who are who we don't know <laughs> making some fun faces when she com- compares things to slavery. Yes. Yeah, there was there was comparisons to slavery. And also a bald eagle. <laughs> Never appropriate. No. And then there was something... We, we've heard the comparisons to slavery before. Yeah. I mean, we've heard in... In all of these speeches over the years, comparisons to Lincoln and Martin Luther King and Moses and, you know, the Holocaust, everything. Mm-hmm. What What's the new one? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so absurd. Uh, Christina Regner said, you are on a hike in a beautiful forest and you come across the bald eagle's nest, a majestic bald, bald eagle. eagle. <laughs> and there are two eggs in the nest. And you, for some reason, pick up one of these bald eagle eggs and smash the egg. And that's abortion? And she pantomimed all of this. She She's did. Like she showed climbing the tree <laughs> and holding the egg. And I feel personally that me destroying this theoretical eagle's egg is much different than me consensually going to the doctor to terminate my own pregnancy. Residing in your own body? Residing in my own body. Right. I feel like a more, like a more appropriate analogy is you are the eagle and you don't want two eggs. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, and again, it goes into this entitlement piece again that, like, what is, she is not the... I mean, taking this analogy all the way out, which is continuing the absurdities, I will 100% acknowledge She's going to raise that. a bald eagle. But yeah, like, you know, no one is entitled to tell you to go out and have an abortion in the same way that no one's entitled to climb the tree, <laughs> grab an egg, and smash it to the ground because it's not someone else's choice to make for you. You know, again, the bald eagle can make those decisions... For itself. 
<laughs> I mean, again, taking this absurd thing to like right. the absurd c- conclusion. Yeah. Maybe Christina fa- uh, is a falconer in her spare time. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Actually, I guess yeah. there was. Yeah. I was talking to because we all live in Columbus and Hudson is near. Um, in Northeast Ohio, where all of our Cleveland folks are, I guess there is an eagle's nest like in the Hudson area because it's very, there's the Cuyahoga Valley National Park and everything up there. Right. So I guess it was a big, huge story about the eagle and the eagle's nest in that area, like on the news up there in the last day or two. So that is actually okay. probably where this, oh. it made way more <laughs> sense to Kelly Copeland as I was talking with her this morning than it made to any of us. So okay. that was probably why it was on the it mind the of Senator It was the most bizarre Rutherford. thing. Sorry, I missed the first half of. I mean, I heard the eagle's nest, but were you talking about the eagle that ate the other eagle's egg? Because that's what that's where my mind is. No, (laughs) no, it was just a story about how there's an eagle nest that somebody's found in that area and it has eggs in it. I don't know if it's two. We should check that out. It's always weird when I hear allegories of humans to other animals because you know other animals do eat their young, (laughs) like with some frequency. Um, okay, so something that she said that was not at all silly um, and, and continues to make me very angry is this, uh, again, comparison when they're discussion, discussing the absence of exceptions for rape or incest, referring to rapists as fathers. This was something that we've heard in previous general so assemblies. Gross. This came up again. This was repeated by Ohio Right to Life. Do you feel insulted as this, like, by this as an actual father? Yes. Yes. There, I mean, if if a woman is raped, the idea that like instantly her assailant is now the father of her unborn child, <sighs> and somehow forever that guy, linked together, yeah, that rapist out there gets the same status as like me and the other dads teaching Cub Scouts. You know, we're out there on the soccer field, coaching soccer, doing all the dad stuff that we do. That rapist doesn't qualify to be one of the dads. He's a rapist. He's not a father. No dad Mm -hmm. card for you, sir. No. Oh, my God. That makes me so angry. Although Ohio law gives him the father card. Gross. That's a terrible idea. (laughs) Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, in Ohio, the rapist has to be convicted of the crime before he automatically loses his parental rights. Right. So unless a trial happens and he is convicted of rape, he is still allowed to have parental rights. I mean, there's teenage girls out there who've been assaulted by their uncle and all of a sudden that girl's uncle is now the father of her child. Yeah. Let's not extend this, you know, this mm-hmm. privilege of, of being a dad. Don't just give that out to rapists no. No. automatically. No. Oh, my God. Every single dad I know, you know, if he was explained, you know, hey, did you know the rapists get to be like one of us? No, we veto. <laughs> the father's veto. Yeah. I hate this. I really hate it. Yeah. Well, and it just continues the idea that we don't actually care about the pregnant person and all of this. That's right. Like, it just continues this, and the fetus is the most important thing here. Nikki Antonio asked, Senator Nikki Antonio, who's now in the Senate instead of the House, um, asked yesterday, you know, what about the viability of the mother, like the woman, like 
why doesn't her viability count in this? Because their whole right. argument on, and this was actually probably some of the most bizarre pieces, is that because medical care across the world, because that should matter in a law in Ohio, differs so much on when a fetus, if born, can survive outside the womb, the point of viability when something can exist and survive outside of the uterus is not a fixed point in time. So that shouldn't be where we decide abortion is legal or illegal. That a heartbeat that has absolutely nothing to do with the viability of a pregnancy, because let's talk about all the miscarriages, stillbirths and really bad things that can happen in pregnancy after the first time a fetal heartbeat is detected. Um, and so like, but that this heartbeat should be the point in time that we talk about viability happening. And this law has very little exceptions for women's health and a very limited and scary exception for a woman's life. Right. It's basically a snap judgment of a provider. Yeah. So, you know, she has to be about to die or about to experience permanent and irreversible organ damage. Isn't that just pregnancy? I mean, <laughs> technically. In my opinion, I feel like pregnancy is irreversible organ damage. <laughs> Some people it is. But no, so like, you know, it's just, we really, and then her, Christina Rogner's immediate response back was, we care about the woman. There's an exception for her health and her life. I'm like, no, no. Uh, not if the doctor has to make a decision between going to jail on a fennel, felony charge and right. saving somebody's life. Like, how close to death does this person have to be before the doctor says, okay, it's worth risking a felony conviction, losing my medical license, and going to jail? I mean, honestly, at that point, it's probably already too late if they're like, okay, judgment is she's dying. Oh, she's already dead. Yeah. Right. Right. If she's dying, she's dying. Yeah. Like, if she's right. in the active process of dying, reversing that is very difficult. Yeah, we've, we've noted that on this podcast before. Doctors don't have, I don't know what that beep is. Doctors <laughs> don't have an amazing magic wand where if, you know, a woman's life is at immediate risk, then they can just, woo, we're going to say, you know, it's, it's not an episode of Even if the pregnancy ER. is terminated, mm-hmm. her life is still in danger. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the questions over the health of the woman came from uh, Senator, not Representative, yeah. Senator <laughs> Nikki Antonio, um, who's always been like, you know, our greatest mm-hmm. champion for years. Um, she also brought up uh, the point that we've uh, heard before and does always need included um, that not all faiths recognize yes. that, you know, the point of fertilization is the beginning of you know, when life begins, Mm -hmm. different faiths have different beliefs. Specifically, the Jewish faith believes that when the child is born and takes their first breath. um, So, you know, this bill imposes a Christian based, you know, and and Elena and and Ohio uh, Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice would point out that it's only certain Christians believe this, but it's, it's that sort of anti-abortion, you know, Christian-influenced view of when life begins. Um, Senator Antonio did an amazing job leading the charge on this. Uh, She wasn't the only voice that we heard. No. Um, We were, uh, you know, really thrilled to get to see uh, Senator Maharath, Tina Maharath, from the Columbus area in her first um, appearance in a, a committee. 
Yeah, so she is a new state senator from central Ohio, actually beat a very well-known Republican. The Republicans spent over a million dollars trying to force her out of the race. And that backfired. <laughs> backfired hard. <laughs> um, so, um, so, yeah, so this was actually a pickup in the Senate that we had last year, although we also lost a Youngstown area one. So right. it was a wash in the end. <laughs> I was but, like a net nothing. <laughs> But um, not, not nothing because we replaced a white man with a fabulous woman of color. So That's true. Net, and we didn't lose is, anything. <laughs> yeah, we didn't lose anything. Bonus. Um, but yeah, so she is um, a daughter of Laotian immigrants um, and talks about how, how that really played into you know, how she felt about being elected. A single mother of an adorable little boy um, who we met last December and is just... I think going to be an amazing state senator. She really, you know, this was her first committee hearing as a state senator, and she gets thrown straight into probably one of the most controversial things that she will right. deal with as a state senator. <laughs> Welcome. I mean, and, as much fun as I would have doing that, I don't think anyone else would. <laughs> no, and, and she's not, you know, although she, you know, ran as a pro-choice candidate and we knew where she stood, you know. Unless you do this work, you don't like automatically know how to talk about these things in in a way that's helpful and useful. And so she did an amazing job asking questions about you know where the priorities of this legislature were, and um, just did a great job yesterday. Right. Um, the question that I really appreciated from her, which uh, opened up a lot of you know, Christina Regner didn't answer it this way, but it opens <laughs> up a lot of history was. You know, if you're going to force these people to give birth, you're going to be increasing, uh, you know, people who can't afford to raise a child. They're going to need additional social services from the state of Ohio, from counties, from local governments. Um, And if those children are put up for adoption and sent off to foster care, the foster system is horribly underfunded and at capacity, you know, we... We have tens of thousands of kids in foster care across the state of Ohio. Will Republicans provide additional funds to pay for care for these children? And the answer from Christina Regner was, yeah, sure, we totally do that. We don't put a price on life. Oh, How many times have we seen Republicans table rejecting amendments Mm that would actually provide assistance for families that they would force to mm-hmm. give birth to, you know, pregnancies yeah. that weren't wanted. Yeah. Uh, it actually was a common theme with her questions on some of the other bills um, that we won't get into, but it was um, one was also about, like, temporary, like, guardianship of kids when parents just can't take care of them. And her question on that one was, too, like, will you open these families up to be eligible for Medicaid? Cause they're probably going to need help making sure that these new kids inserted right. into their family have access to healthcare. And, you know, of course they're all like, Oh yeah, sure. Like, no, you're not like they're talking about taking getting rid of the Medicaid expansion. You're right. continuously cutting the local government fund, which is what she, what she was referring to in her question on local government funding. I mean, it's a reason why, even Butler County, which is not actually no, it's Hamilton County, um, but still not like the liberal bastion of the universe because it's Cincinnati, is talking about how <laughs> state cuts have forced them to like lay off sheriffs and firefighters and all these things because they don't have the money to pay them anymore because right. we slash local government. But Franklin County Job and Serv- uh, um, 
Job and Family Services um, is is facing cuts because of, you know, failure on behalf of the state of Ohio to figure out what you know what budget needs they're going to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, this is this is carryover from from old Kasich policies, but the state of Ohio mm-hmm. is in a terrible shape. Yeah. To yeah. to be able to fund social services, this mm-hmm. is a you know should be the first question asked in just about every single bill. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, what are you going to do to pay for the people that you're going to be stranding out there from these policies? They don't care. No, they don't. And they've been asked this multiple times over the past few years. We just heard this last year. Mm-hmm. Last if, year, you mean uh, a month and a half ago? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if if you have uh, if you have a ban on abortions following a Down syndrome diagnosis, will you provide Medicaid assistance mm-hmm. to families of children, you know, you know, families raising a child with Down syndrome? Republicans said no. They tabled the amendment. Yeah. Would, Would you, you provide them with cash assistance because they're going to have additional expenses? Republicans said no. They tabled the amendment. Over and over yeah. and over again, this question has been asked not just as, you know, a hypothetical, you know, question in committee, Here's the amendment. It will pay for these services. Will you pass this? And they've said no many times over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's obvious that their priorities are not actually helping people. It's banning abortion and controlling women. That's really what it is. It's exactly what it is. You know, and, and this bill is now part of a six point plan being pushed by Senate Republican leadership uh, and Ohio Right to Life. All of these six bills, I, you know, I think I talked about them last mm-hmm. week when we were yeah. together. You know, it's a lie uh, after a lie after a lie. None of them provide any form of preventive health care or additional services to people. There's no solutions here. It's no. just ban this, block that, lie about this, ban this, block that. Mm-hmm. We don't have anything pithy to say. Just, <laughs> yeah. No, it's just it's ridiculous. Yes, it is. Well, that's funny because it seems to be the six-week ban seems to be the thing that they're shoving through the fastest, but it isn't actually one of the Senate. It's like when when so when the legislature starts up, the first ten bills that, that each chamber put forward are the legislative priorities of that chamber. Last year, um, now Minority Leader Representative Amelia Sykes actually got the honor of being House Bill 1 with her um, dating violence bill. Right. Um, so they're the ones that they want to get passed, so the messaging bills they want to get passed. This is Senate Bill 28. <laughs> this is not one of the top 10. But they put the Health Committee and the Senate together early before all the other committees were decided this was the committee that started hearings before all the other committees started. And this was one of the three bills that they put on there. So like they're trying to play again, trying to play this game. Like, Oh, we have these priorities and these are our priorities, but in action, they're shoving through this other thing. Then they're trying, cause in Apoff had a press conference, Senate president Apoff had a press conference about the Senate priorities as they introduced those 10 bills this week. And it was almost like a, Oh crap, I forgot. And this abortion stuff. At the right. very end of the press conference, after laying out some Lake Erie stuff and getting rid of regulations, because he'd love to get rid of all of the regulations in the state of Ohio, but he can just arbitrarily pick 30% or whatever. But, you know, like all that stuff. And it was like, oh, yeah, crap, I almost forgot. I got to talk about abortion or our people are going to be pissed off. Get rid of all the regulations except on abortion. Yeah, pretty much. Right. 
So, uh, yep, that was the hearing for the bill. Um, we expect that very soon in the next week or two, we'll see um, proponent testimony. So that's going to be all of the anti-abortion groups coming out to explain their awesome reasons. Eagle eggs, um, <laughs> stealing children, whatever their reason is for banning abortion. Um, and then after that will be our side's uh, opportunity to testify mm-hmm. Possibly the end of February, more likely into early March. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Bye. We'll see everybody later.